0: Episode 195, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 4, Episode 20. Farewell, cruel world. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. welcome back to another episode of welcome to level seven i'm ben ben avery and i'm a comic book fan a comic book movie fan a comic book tv show fan i really like agents of shield and it's a good thing too because that's what we're here to talk about and i am here with the ninja in training agent samantha
1: hi how are you
0: i'm good how about you
1: uh, busy but good. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Yeah, you sounds yeah. like you got, busy stuff going on. I am not as busy because I finished my deadline, finished my book. It's done, sent to the publisher. And I'm very pleased for that. And tomorrow is my day off. So I don't have to go do the day job or do the part time writing job. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I'm going to watch movies. I know nice. one movie I'm going to watch tomorrow. Oh, me too. Yeah. So we're recording Mm -hmm. on Wednesday. We watched the episode on Tuesday and we are going to a Marvel movie on Thursday. I'll be going with Agent Evan to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's right. Well, the episode hopefully this weekend. But yeah. And then I'm also going to watch a really bad uh, kaiju movie in the morning. (laughs) So that's what I'm going to do with myself. So. Yeah, Stuart is not here. Uh, he had some other things going on. Also, Daniel is not here because, oh. you know, I just like to pick yeah. up old wounds. Yeah. 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 Why am I picking at my old wounds here? Pulling the scars open.
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: Yeah. We're going to try and get him in soon. He might have some time off this summer and we can pull him in for some stuff maybe. But, yeah, Agent Daniel, co-founder co-host not around right now but it's you and me samantha so we got a show to talk about we got a little bit of news to talk about and yeah and then we got some feedback three pretty pretty good feedback uh emails i don't know if you've had a chance to look at them yet but they're pretty good so we'll good. get to them toward the end of the podcast but for right now let's talk let's talk some news all right let's go shield intelligence report so, Samantha, have you seen yes. the trailer that just came out? Yes. You've seen the Runaways trailer? That just... Oh,
1: that one. No, I
0: haven't. <laughs> Don't bother. It's... You
1: mean you mean the one that's <laughs> the... that's that was dropped il- dropped illegally?
0: Yeah, or... uh, yeah, the one that was yeah. uh, taken uh, by someone's phone at a presentation that sh- oh. it was never meant for public consumption and eh. and honestly yeah it it just showed a lot of the people it, it did set up some of the stuff with what the the series is going to be about as far as as teenagers who have parents that are bad guys and now they're runaways hence the name yes so yeah no no you're the the trailer that i'm talking about of course is the defenders trailer it just dropped and you've seen that one
1: Yes, I have. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I loved it. initial thought was you loved it. Any other initial thoughts?
1: Yeah. If you remember the teaser trailer that uh, Daredevil has <laughs> something tied around his head and we find out where it came from. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. The, the trailer, if you haven't seen it, it just kind of shows a little bit about how some of the characters are going to meet each other. And I'm not sure how deep this goes into the series, uh, if it's like just the first episode of the series or or what. Uh, And you do see Sigourney Weaver. Yes, And um, there are some other characters from the Netflix series that if you've watched the Netflix series, then you've seen these characters. And I'm not going to spoil things, really. It's cool. Um, It's not going to spoil much for you, but. You know, there are there are some moments that might be considered a, a spoiler kind of thing. So, you know, it's out there. And if you want to see some stuff from what's coming from Netflix, then then watch it. But if you don't. Yeah, don't worry about it. Because you're going to watch it anyway. <laughs> <You> yeah. <know? laughs> I mean, the trailer is not going to make me watch the Netflix series. I'm there. They got <laughs> me. So it's like the the Star Wars trailer. I wasn't too excited about it. Because, you know what? There. They got me. They, they don't need to sell me on it. So. Uh, but. Sp- I've mentioned spoilers. I think we need to talk a little bit about spoilers.
1: Yes, let's please. Uh,
0: <laughs> we were sent a link from James Gunn, who was talking about how he doesn't care about spoilers that much anymore first of all the people who post the spoilers he thinks they're kind of lame and he's glad he's not like that because he doesn't think people he doesn't have time in his life for people who are going to be doing that kind of thing and he doesn't want to be that kind of person he's just trying to ruin someone's enjoyment on purpose but then he linked to some like scientific uh, study that said spoilers don't really actually uh harm your enjoyment of something um so, yeah, I mean, it, it's out there. We'll have a link to it in the show notes, which is at uh, welcome level slash farewell. But. Yeah, I, I don't agree completely, though. I personally feel like you may not lose enjoyment because, you know, where things are going. And you're trying to figure out, OK, so how are things going to get there? But I also think that there is some joy in the discovery and there is some joy in allowing things to unfold. And that is why we're very careful about spoilers and, you know, on the, the Netflix stuff that we cover, we don't talk about anything from Netflix that is before. Or I mean, rather after uh, the episode that we're talking about, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., everything up until this point is fair game for spoilers. Um, and then as far as movies go, when we do a movie episode, we're assuming you've seen the previous movies. And, and so we'll spoil the previous movies. Um We go full spoiler with our discussion, but yeah, I really feel strongly about letting you enjoy it, you know, and, and get to it. Um, if you don't mind spoilers, then go ahead and listen further, you know, but anyway, that's just my feeling about it. But James Gunn, he, he's not too worried about spoilers anymore. He's not going to post spoilers and he's still going to ban people who do post spoilers to his stuff. But, I agree. There is a level of spoiling on purpose is just kind of a jerk thing to do. So I don't know, Samantha, if that's how you feel about things, but
1: if there's a big twist or a big surprise, I do not like being spoiled for it. And I admit with the Netflix stuff, I forget not to spoil certain things or where we have are up to date. And I apologize if I've spoiled anything for anybody in the past, but
0: well, generally, generally, yeah. though, I edit those out. Like if
1: oh, if, that's if, true. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I we work hard at it. We might miss something here and there, but if if we've missed anything, it's it's a minor, it's a minor detail, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. Like
1: you'll edit this the spit out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um, yeah. So our Facebook page, though, the people on our Facebook page who you know comment on links and stuff like that they're really good though they they don't post spoilers and i've i found that generally speaking my friends are pretty good about things with spoilers um you do get into those weird the movies 30 years old kind of situations <laughs> like like when Samantha spoiled godfather 2 for me um but i've had years to see that movie so <laughs> it's it's a fair assumption that that someone who likes movies has probably seen Godfather too so
1: yeah I thought you you just seem like the kind of guy that would have seen it already and
0: yeah 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 so i mean it, yeah it's not a mortal sin it's just kind of a jerk move or it's an accidental thing so i always take yeah. the benefit of the doubt people get excited about stuff and maybe post something and you know what that's cool that you're excited about it so, yeah, that's that's my personal um, thoughts.
1: I did. Uh, someone once did tell me that um, a general rule of thumb online is for a movie. You don't spoil it for a whole year. Um, I don't know why that maybe it's because they're waiting for the DVD releases. Yeah,
0: that's that's pretty extreme. That's not what I've heard. Yeah,
1: because there are there are certain people who they can't make it to the theater as easily. Like, like maybe they have a disability or they have a big family and it's just easier to wait for things to come out on DVD. Um, and then, um, or, and then with TV, I think there's like a two or three week wait on spoilers. But even then, even with the TV stuff, I'm very particular about, you know, when and where and about how much, I don't like spoiling the big things, but yeah,
0: there yeah. was, I'm trying to remember what it was recently that, Oh, it was comics. My local comic shop, they were holding, like, if you spoil something in the shop, we'll ask you to leave or something like that. Cause they, wow. it was like secret empire or it was, uh, one of the DC things, but they there's come on guys, you know, you don't have to do this. And, and they're always careful when they talk with me have you seen this yet do you mind being spoiled you know if if we're talking about something and it's just they're just being nice about it you know so yeah all right well that's enough talk about spoilers that's enough talk about um the defenders trailer let's talk about farewell cruel world because i don't know there's a potential for a lot of things to talk about here so doing it now let's do it okay mission report All right. Farewell, cruel world. I didn't realize that was the episode title until today. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. It's kind of a funny episode title because usually that is, you know, not it's melodramatic. And so in today's day and age, melodrama, generally speaking, is played for laughs, not for pathos. So this episode has a lot of pathos in it, though. Yeah, a lot. So I'm thinking I
1: think that's actually oh, well, I'm thinking that's actually a good marker for good writing because I didn't feel like it was melodramatic at all.
0: Oh, no, I agree. I it agree. Was...
1: that's actually a very apt title for this episode.
0: Yeah, except. Yeah, except, like I said, it, it is not a serious phrase anymore.
1: Yeah, but they they did leave a cruel world.
0: Yes, indeed, they did. Is, if you're looking at it literally, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. So on that level, it's not melodrama. It's just literal. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, let's go. Uh, let's go act by act with this, because there's a lot going on here. And most of our characters are staying together uh, for the scenes. And there, there's just a lot of character moments between pairs of characters is what I kind of noticed in this episode. And that's, that's nice. I mean, this is about relationships. This episode is, it's about, um, reuniting relationships. It's about, um, getting your relationships back that were lost to your corrupted memory. Um, There's just a lot of relationship stuff in this episode, and some of it I'm sure we'll be able to talk about pretty quickly. But there's a couple beats here that I'm just thinking, oh, my goodness, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about what this means, especially with Mac. Yeah, yeah, we will get to it. But oh, my goodness, Mac. Yeah. So the opening scene, the cold open is from 10 days ago and that's where we see a repeat first of all they showed this in the last time on agents of shield and then they come into it and they're showing it basically (laughs) again but simmons is giving instructions to yo-yo and then 10 days pass as they're flying around uh cloaked and slowly running out of power and the 10 days have gone by and now they're trying to decide what do we do we can't land that's not safe because we don't know who has been like we, we can't we can't land at the the base because we don't know what we're going to find there. What can we do? They turned off the heat. They're all wearing winter jackets and <laughs> rubbing their hands together because it's cold. So what are they going to do? The question is, should we turn off the cloak? And that's how we end that little opening scene there. Um, thoughts about the opening scene? Yeah.
1: Um, yes, it made me realize that since, um, the beginning of the LMD pod, the second pod this ser- series, that so far we've covered about two or three weeks
0: Yeah, yep.
1: because I think the second pod took place over the, the whole of a week.
0: Not a lot of time has passed. Yeah. Not a lot. And we've got pretty clear dates here <laughs> It was 10 days ago that they entered into the framework. Right. And and I think they've been kind of going almost real time inside the framework as well. If I mean, it it just feels like that, that you've had about 10 days pass within with with all the things that they've been doing and going through. So, yes. Yeah, they're running out of power. They're going to turn off the cloak. But if they turn off the cloak, they're vulnerable. And that's not good because of the tag scene from last week, which they f- found the jet. They found the Quinjet, and they're going to be able to attack the Quinjet. And so we've got this kind of uh, ticking clock. If they can't get Simmons and Daisy out before the power goes out or before they get attacked, then Simmons and Daisy will be disconnected from – their soul or, or the, whatever you want to call it in the framework and their bodies on the Quinjet. So there's that ticking time bomb. There'll be another ticking time bomb that we'll get into later, but I don't know. This, this, this felt a little, it felt like they were working hard to make the tension for the, the time, you know, the, the, the ticking clock, um, I don't know. I felt like they were just trying to create tension just for the sake of, we need some tension and rather than, Hey, let's, let's give this a a gen. That's the only thing that didn't feel genuine in in this episode to me was just the real world ticking, ticking clock. But I'm trying to imagine if Daniel would have felt tense. That's the big thing. And in, in about three months, we'll find out if he did or not. (laughs) <laughs> and by the time he watches the episode and listens to this episode and is able to answer the question, he's just going to answer with like, yes, Ben, I did. And I'll have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> that's, that's just the way he rolls. So when he gets to it, um, he'll, he'll let me know and then I'll have to ask him, what are you talking about? And he'll, he'll explain why. But um, I am curious if if he felt tense in this episode because he he likes tension. He, he gets tense, and when something makes him feel tense, as long as it's not too tense, um, he enjoys it i, I I'm, I'm just curious if this worked for him so anything and, else for the te- the opening?
1: Well, you mentioned the t- ticking clock. The interesting thing with this one is we don't know exactly how long we have with this ticking clock.
0: It's true it's not it's, a, just, it's not a countdown.
1: Right. It's just we know something's going to happen because we bring down the the uh, cloaking device. I'm setting suddenly getting Star Trek flashes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's just a matter of when this eventually happens. There's no definite time. It's just eventually they're going to catch up with them.
0: Yeah. Well, and and the question is, will they crash? because they ran out of power or will they get attacked because they turn off the cloaking device. So either way, they're not looking at a real good end result. Right. So act one, we get okay. martial law under Hydra and they're talking about, do we rescue Fitz? How do we rescue Fitz? We can't rescue Fitz right now. We'll come back for him maybe. And they're going to go to the exit and Daisy, has to convince Mac to come. He doesn't want to come, but he needs to come. And, and she gives him the promise. I'll make sure you're exactly where you need to be. Meanwhile, Colson tries to quote, wake may, uh, talks to her about the whole, um, other world situation. And she ends that conversation, basically saying, you have to show, not tell. I need to see this because I'm having a hard time believing this. And, uh, then you have, Radcliffe and Fitz and Fitz is coming and he is going to interrogate Radcliffe and tells um, Radcliffe basically um, he's using the carrot instead of the stick. Um, He says, this is a way for you to be reborn. This isn't about faith. It's about science. And I have found a scientific route to immortality. And Radcliffe suddenly seems to have turned because he he perks up at that. And the final bit here is, uh, Simmons finding out about Fitz's father and making the realization that that's what happened in this world to cause Fitz to become what he did is his father that everyone knows about his father. Um, because he's, he's famous and they're inseparable. So that's act one. So let's start with Mac and Daisy. What do you think?
1: Mac, Mac and Daisy and hope
0: and hope you're, that's correct. Yes. Cause that's a whole, that's the whole reason why he doesn't want to really go with Daisy. He's not trained right. for this. He's not, he's not a soldier. Um, in fact, later well, he, when he uses a gun, he looks at it like, <laughs> I, why, I just did something that I, I, I feel like I shouldn't have done. You know, I, Mac and Hope and Daisy. We talked about this. We talked about this situation. This is the episode when that situation happens.
1: Yes. And I will say you're right. He didn't want to leave her. I I think you're right. It would have been too much um, for Mac to just up and leave Hope.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. So here... With very little information, Daisy is just trying to get him to come with her, and you can see the tension for Daisy is I'm asking him to leave this behind. I have to convince him to come with me short term so that I can hopefully convince him to come with me long term after the whole situation is done and man, yeah uh, well
1: with a kid as cute uh, as hope is. She's, you don't really want to leave her behind.
0: She's a cool kid. Yeah, she is. She's a cool kid, she's a smart kid, she's a loving kid. Um
1: she has great chemistry with Daisy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that cute that cute little exchange they had.
0: Yeah, the the butt <laughs> rear pooper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I mean I mean I'm putting myself in Daisy's shoes for this portion. Um Because the choice for Mac is do I go with her? And yes, there'll be there's possibility of something going wrong. But Daisy promises that she'll make sure afterward he'll be exactly where he needs to be. That's her promise.
1: Right. And that was actually a really interesting, very clever phrasing on her part.
0: Yeah, the whole I'm telling the truth, but it sounds like a lie. Or I'm telling a lie and it sounds like the truth. It's that, that kind of thing where she's not lying, but she is definitely not saying what he thinks she's saying. So, mm. so we'll come back to Daisy and Hope and Mac, but for right now, Colson and May, <laughs> she's the skeptic. Totally makes sense that she would be skeptical of anything that a school teacher who makes his own soap (laughs) would try and convince her of. So was it you who called him Tim foil hat Coulson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were may, would you believe him? No, (laughs) that's what a lot of this really comes down to is just this belief of the truth. And there's a lot of matrix in this episode. So
1: I will come back to that later on. The matrix discussion. Okay. Um, no, tinfoil hat, oh, Okay, Colson and May. I will come back to that.
0: <laughs> I Here's the deal with this episode. Almost all of these things that are happening between Colson and May, Daisy and Mac later on Simmons and Fitz. It's all about the red and blue pill. Like that's every conversation here is trying to convince someone of this other truth. And, you know, this real truth. And. It goes well for some and doesn't for others. And I think they did a good job of of really just making it work in different ways for the different characters. So it wasn't all the same beat for each one of them. Yeah,
1: it it really worked. I mean, just – I mean, the way that they – yeah, they – I, I don't want to sound like I'm copying what you what you just said, but every beat was customized to exactly what they were, what was concerning the characters.
0: Yeah, yeah, they did a good job crafting the characters and uh, crafting the moments in time that brought them to the finale of this episode. That's that's how I feel about it. Um, I mean, we talk about coincidence, we talk about you know. It feels like someone made this all fall together and happen. And it's that's actually the way it works. You know, a writer sits down and says, you know, I'm going to make the next thing happen. And the writer is the one who makes the next thing happen. And uh, they did a really good job of making it feel natural for this episode. Um, Speaking of natural, did you feel like Radcliffe? Because that's kind of the next beat here is Radcliffe and Fitz, their conversation. Did you feel like Radcliffe had actually turned?
1: I felt from the very beginning of this pod that Radcliffe, no, no, not not turn in favor of Hydra, but or of um, Fitz's plan or desires. But I, I felt that um, I, he has felt different in the, since this pod. In,
0: um, in this part right here, he's saying, "You need to tell me where Daisy's going, where Simmons is is going." You know, I, I got this immortality for you. And I guess it didn't happen in this act. It might have been in the next act um, because basically Radcliffe is going to tell Fitz where to go. And it's it, it feels like Radcliffe is selling them out for immortality. But then there's the turn at the end, too. And it just again, it felt natural. I felt like I was watching Radcliffe do something that he would naturally want to do, sell them out for immortality for the chance to live again. But at the same time, when we get the turn at the end, it's, it's not like that at all.
1: One thing I wanted to add about the scene between Fitz and Radcliffe, I, the way Fitz was describing the machine, I'm beginning to wonder if we are before the end of the season, we're going to see one of the, um, framework only characters. Uh, who brought into the real world one of our hero framework characters. I mean, so like,
0: like trip or ward or something.
1: Yeah. Trip ward, hope. Um, Oh yeah.
0: Huh? That would be interesting. Hope.
1: Right. Um, Maybe even Radcliffe, but I don't know. That just seems a little, if I were a writer, I'd feel like this is the end of his story. For this,
0: yeah, what's I, going on I here? Agree with yeah, you on that, but hope I hadn't thought of that would be yeah. really interesting to have an LMD hope. Yeah, I don't know how they would do it. You know, because it's it's Ada who has the technology, but the machine is there in the submarine.
1: Actually, it's not a submarine.
0: Oh, that's right. They they're are, on the. They're in
1: the oil rig.
0: That's right. Submarine, oil rig. The machine's there. <laughs> it's. <laughs>
1: They're underwater.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. And I would like that. Yeah. That would be I'm kind, kind of, of a happy-ish, bittersweet.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping for both Trip and Hope. Because there's been a lot of flirting with between Trip and
0: everyone. Simmons
1: and Daisy. <laughs> yeah, just about everyone. <laughs>
0: that's a funny scene where he's so you and me oh no okay well how about oh simmons anybody you know nobody come on yeah yeah so from daisy and trip with their basically her goodbye to him her they have their their great conversation where she gets to say some of the things she um, maybe didn't get to see but we have simmons and father uh, Fitz's father and they have a conversation <laughs> and it's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's, it's, it's natural dumb because what else is Simmons going to do? She is desperate. And so she goes to the father. Uh, she gets into his place and she tells him to call Fitz and make him come here. And he calls Fitz <laughs> and it's just kind of a, yeah. Hey son, I love you. And I'm going to, You know, Simmons is here and now I'm going to choke her and (laughs) then there's a gunshot. And how is this going to go? Well, Fitz just had his father killed by Simmons. That's not going to go well. That was in my notes. Not going to go well. I didn't know how it was going to not go well, but that was a bad situation for everyone involved. Fitz knows it was Simmons who did this and knows where she's going because Radcliffe has uh, given that information um, but meanwhile, Colson and the team are getting ready, and they can't leave without Fitz or Simmons. And it's an interesting turn of events. I wasn't expecting that. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, no one was expecting it. Simmons certainly wasn't expecting to shoot him. And yeah, well, there we are.
1: I hate to say it, but I was I could see it coming. Because it's it's American. Te- uh, I actually had this conversation with a German professor I had in film school. Uh, he said that in American films, if you see a gun, or in this case, American television, if you see a gun, chances are someone's going to sh- to fire it. In European films, that's not always the case. It might be used. It might just be a paperweight. Who knows? Um, or maybe it's just something that somebody happens to have. Um, so when Simmons walked in with that gun, I was like, oh no, she's going to end up shooting him. And I was really hoping that she would not do it on purpose. And because that's not Simmons, she just wouldn't shoot somebody so purposefully like that unless she has to he's ones and zeros though
0: i mean that's yeah that's the whole thing is she's upset by it but then you know moving on daisy's response is basically you just made some ones and zeros disappear man i mean it's don't worry about it um it's but not actually it's his father. that's it though yep yeah yeah uh she knows it's going to hurt fits and mm-hmm. honestly who knows what kind of messed up fits is going to be at this point. We didn't know they were going to necessarily get out in this episode or what they were going to be like when they got out. And, but no matter what, there's going to be some psychological scarring for fits with trauma like this. And we find out when they do eventually get out, they remember everything. There remember yeah. all the stuff that happened to them in the framework, but they also remember all the real stuff. And, so speaking about the real stuff, um, <laughs> act three begins and yeah. time is still running out on the Zephyr. So just in case you're wondering, yep, time's running <laughs> out and they're getting attacked or whatever. And it's, it's bad news, bad, yeah. bad news.
1: Are we moving on to act three already?
0: It's, I just did. We don't have to.
1: Oh, okay. Cause there was one thing between with Alistair I wanted to mention. Yeah. um, he says, very frankly, to um, actually almost pridefully to Simmons, he says to her, I'm a good father. And I th- I think it's obvious that he's not. And <laughs> yeah. with parents, with, with parents who come out and say, hey, I'm a good father like that, like, very casually almost and with just full of pride. I would say probably about 99.9% of the time they're actually a bad parent. Um, and truly the good parents are the ones who are full of doubt and are always second-guessing themselves because they recognize that they're raising a person. And they're really concerned about how this person turns out and they're really concerned about how scarring the child for life. And
0: yeah. I, I, A yeah. good parent is a parent who knows that they can be better. Right and who who is actually trying to be better, um, right? And yeah, I, the uh, yeah I, I work a lot with parents in my job, and and one of my big things with parents is, um, especially when I do like a parenting class or something like that, is you know you're not going to be perfect, but you're not alone, you know. And part of that is recognizing you're not perfect, and and that's okay because you can't be, but not like this guy. <laughs> that is. Yeah. I mean, he. she says oh. Fitz Leopold was a good man, she says. And his response is, no, I made him a great man, Ugh. you know, and, and it's the difference. And it, it is one of those really interesting differences of, you know, just in in wordplay where you have what you consider a good man. And she's not saying um, he's good as you know like a, a level that he's at she's saying he's good and that he is not um you know he's he's righteous he's good he 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 does good things he's a helpful person who you know wants to help people and and wants to you know make the world a better place he's good and then uh Arch- what's his name Archimedes Archibald Alistair Alister he says um no a great man And great in the sense of he's, you know, kind of beyond morality and, and, and he's, um, he's, he's got strength and he's got power and, and that's what matters. And it's a really interesting worldview, um, dichotomy between the two people and between the two Fitzes um, this, this idea of, of goodness versus power and, you know, he's a, he's a powerful person in the framework, but he's not a good person in the framework. And that's something he now has to deal with. And he actually started dealing with in this episode when he comes out of it. He's saying, I was I'm bad. You know, I did all those things because I'm a bad person.
1: Yeah. that was a difficult scene to watch. We'll, we'll talk about it when yeah. we get to it. But yeah. Yeah.
0: So now uh, moving on to act three. Yes. Um Ada is worried because she knows Simmons was behind the death of the father and she orders Fitz to turn around and not go after her, but Fitz is not going to turn around. He is going to take down Simmons and he is ignoring Ada's orders and requests. And the team meanwhile gets to the the back door. But the back door which is the the exit point for them to leave the framework is supposed to be like in this park surrounded by trees and flowers and cute little woodland creatures, but it's actually a <laughs> steel mill and that's not good. <laughs> so, and then here's where we get Skye's uh, goodbye to trip. And, and she says, Hey, you could wear the costume. You could be the Patriot, which, yes, that's cool. I'm sorry. Which I love that. Which idea. Is why
1: i yeah, and that's also why I'm hoping that they can somehow pull him out of uh, the framework cuz he can be the new patriot
0: outside of the framework. Right. And then he could carry a shield and actually yes. wear a costume like like yeah. Yeah. I'd love <laughs> to see that kind of element where cuz there's so many characters who kind of follow the the Captain America legacy and Patriot was one of them. Uh, who actually was Captain America and then dressed up as a different character as well. But when he called himself the Patriot. But yeah.
1: yeah. There's also an alternative to they could keep the framework running.
0: I wondered about that. I wondered about that because why not? Right. But I don't know. Well, that's one that we. I, I feel like we just have to wait and see. But it, the way they're saying their goodbyes here. It is definitely feeling like we're not returning to the framework. We right. might let it run, but we're not returning to it. There was, a, um, there was an audio drama that the BBC did. I wish I could remember the name of it. But it was all about this um, fake world that was a, a video game kind of thing that people would mm-hmm. enter. And there were sentient beings inside this computer-generated world that started asserting their rights. They they started asserting yeah. their their rights as sentient creatures, and in doing that, they um they caused problems in the real world, and so then the real world was going to shut down that world, and they they were able to. I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but um, it ends up where there's okay. this kind of separate world that's on its own little microchip, and and it's just there. And then there's, there's some other sequel series and stuff as well. But it was, it was interesting because it's running into some, some of the same kind of things they're talking about here. Cause if they they, le- they let it run, you know, are these things real? Are they alive? Are they just ones and zeros? Are they making choices or are they just going according to programming? And if they are just going according to programming, Ada's not a great programmer because <laughs> they're going against her. Uh, although they kind of do, they get a loop out of it because they're able to say hey it it's a genuine problem for these people to have to deal with and wrap their minds around and so may actually has a problem to deal with so that she's not going to revert back to herself but she's distracted by the patriot and by shield and so I mean they, they do a decent job of kind of explaining it but anyway yeah.
1: Well, I feel like I wouldn't do Stewart any justice if I didn't mention Moriarty and his own little yep. hard drive <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> on the Enterprise. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> but they they get to the back door and it's a pool of molten metal. And that's a problem.
1: Well, it's it's not just the pool of molten metal. It's the door is underneath the pool.
0: Yep. And Ada found it. Put the steel mill there and has this, you know, the only way to get in is to die. Right. Unless.
1: Oh, I just I just picked up like a religious connection and I'm sure it was not done on purpose
0: because there is one coming up that's super done on purpose.
1: Well, I was just thinking that when Daisy came into this world. Remember how she woke up into the world?
0: In, she was uh, in her bathtub. In water, yeah.
1: In, in water. And then how they leave is through a pool of molten lava or, if you want to even go so far, fire.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So she was baptized by both water and fire.
0: Yeah. I mean, with with her waking up, that's a, that's a real common visual trope as far as right. rebirth and birth and that kind of thing. Right. But, but here... Yeah, I, I, I. They may not have intended the religious connotation that you're bringing into it. I don't think it, they
1: did. But they, but
0: I, I think you know. Now that you say it, I, I do think there's some forethought in the at least the, the metaphorical idea of birth and rebirth, and and water and fire.
1: Well, it just might be that those are psychological metaphors, um, for 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 birth and changing your mind and
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know going on
0: trial uh, by fire and you know, yes being refined by fire um right yes yeah. well and and what that's what the steel mill is doing is you know when they're they're melting these things down they're, they're purifying it and they're they're getting you know the best of the best and they're i don't know what they call the smelting and different things that they do with it but oh yeah. but, you know they're they're not just melting it to at least the way i understand it, i might be wrong but they're not just melting it to um shape it but they're also melting it to um, cause it to be stronger and cause it to be more um pure is not quite the right word but something like that if there's anybody out there who works in a steel mill and wants to just correct my my terminology oh, oh. please do
1: Um, actually on, if you ever go to pbs.org, the Nova series, one of them is called the Viking sword and they have a blacksmith who explains the entire smelting process.
0: I knew smelting had something to do with metal. I just don't know exactly what it is. (laughs) So
1: yeah, well, if you, if you ever want to search it, it's really interesting to watch. And, um, he explains, you know, what the carbon does, to um the iron and how it turns into steel and and how it's important that you have to have it at the right temperature for the right amount of time with the right amount of carbon and yeah it's it's worth watching
0: my mind just goes to conan the barbarian where they're <laughs> making the sword at the very beginning and it's all, a whole metaphor for just conan's life and yeah anyway um <laughs> you want to move into act 4 and the actual sp- Uh, biblical analogy that they make here because (laughs) I have to say I kind of loved it because it was really funny. Um, First first thing from Act 4 is that Ada's body begins being knit together. She tells the people to proceed with the process and they begin the process in the framework, but it activates the machine in our world. And there she is. Her feet are starting to be knit together and it's it's, it's using some of the graphics and stuff that they used when she was doing different things with the darkhold. Um, you know, so it's clearly darkhold technology that's, that's going on here and it kind of cool, kind of cool. Yeah. But they're arguing our team around the molten metal. And Max says, I'm not following her. <laughs> She's not Moses parting the red sea for us. <laughs> and then sky's all, wait a minute. Parting the Red Sea, what if we parted the fire metal? And and then Max says, oh, they did not just go and use the Bible against me. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, they did. They did, pal. And you, you, you brought it on yourself. And I love it just the way, again it's just fun seeing the way things come together and that, it felt natural it was definitely a, you know a joke that a writer was coming up with but it felt natural and it felt like a natural way for her to figure out oh here's an idea of something we can do and so she uses her powers hydra comes the stargate opens colson gets shot <laughs> and i'm just thinking to myself no no just get him into the stargate just get him into the stargate <laughs> and he says this is oddly familiar and then <laughs> this is where the big the big moment with may and him it's gonna be a a leap of faith kind of thing. do you trust me let's should we do this and they fall into the stargate and then there's a glitch in the matrix and it's kind of here's the proof it's it's the proof and and Mac realizes he looks and sees himself turning into um kind of the the wire framework of uh a computer construct all of the, the setting around him turns into that the people around him turns into that and he's realizing this this is it's true it's true yeah and and so we get a if he sees it's true then you start to wonder okay wait so what does that mean well we're going to find out but for this act what it means is colson gets out And May gets out and the superior or Ivanov or whoever, he's there. And that's not going to be good, you know, because stinking robots or whatever. Um, And then we see Simmons and Fitz and it is her turn to go in. But Fitz is there. And that's our act break right there. Commercial for Guardians of the Galaxy or Subway or something like that. But uh, the moment, the, the important moment in this act, is really Coulson and May, not only getting out, but getting out together because May trusted him.
1: Yeah, um, she does. When they're still back in the framework, she does call the backdoor magic, and it really echoes. I think it was from the first Thor movie. Magic is science we yet to understand.
0: Yeah, I think that also goes back then to even like the Arthur C. Clarke. Right, um, oh, saying, was that
1: from?
0: he I think he's he's either the one who said it or popularized it, okay. And then I've seen some people <laughs> kind of base books upon the idea of of science is just magic we don't understand. and I really like that idea, but
1: yeah, me too, like um, you know, how a lot of women were burned alive as witches or hung, hung as witches, I'm, I'm sorry, probably missed
0: Well, lots of things. I mean, they, they, they killed them.
1: Yeah. Um, was because these people, or it wasn't just women, but most, most of the time it was women. These people would, you know, say peppermint helps to cure my headaches. And these people would say, Hey, take the peppermint. It'll help your headache and magically it goes away what people don't understand is that peppermint helps to uh, when a headache or a migraine happens it dilates the blood vessels in your head and the peppermint helps to relax the blood vessels and so for those people that don't know that it it may appear to be magic but yet it's there's a science to it
0: a lot of old wives tales are or you know that kind of thing are are based on actual um things that really do happen. They just didn't know why. Right. <laughs> you know. Coulson may it's nice. It's realistic. They come out. They, they, uh. they flop around on the floor a little bit because they're, they're not real strong yet. <laughs> they've been in there for 10 days, but
1: Well, yeah, their muscles would have atrophied a little bit.
0: So at I, least a little bit. Yeah. 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 And I'm going to just admit it right here, right now, as we're talking about act four, uh, seeing them together. It was nice.
1: Yeah. And I liked it. I have a quote here. Uh, May says, I followed you. I mean, this is her first words coming out of out of the framework. She says, I followed you. And Colson says, I'm amazed you went through. I was a little squirrely on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> And then she says, it was kind of cute.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and. Yeah. Which felt a little out of character to me, but yeah, it didn't matter. And so I don't know what that means about me right now, about how I feel about the whole Colson may thing, but.
1: I felt the same way. It was
0: nice. It, yeah. They were nice. Uh, I was honestly worried that. Colson was going to get killed here though um, yeah I, I really did think oh they might do it they might do it especially when they just lengthened it out like <laughs> just throw him in <laughs> you know just throw the guy into the lava he's going to die anyway yeah but moving into act five we got trouble and trouble's name is Ada <laughs>
1: And Speaking of ADA, um, I'm sorry, jumping back to for, yeah for a second. Did you find it odd that Coulson, when he saw the ADA LMD in the uh, framework interface, um, did you thought it was odd when he said stinking robots?
0: No. No. No? Not really, no. It seemed like something Mac would have said, probably, but... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's all I had in my note. I thought Ivanov was there yet, but he was—he isn't there yet. Um, <laughs> he gets a s- tiny scalpel, yeah, and he walks over to her and <laughs> starts to do something. And then when we see her later on, he completely beheaded her with a we- scalpel.
1: <laughs> I find that to be completely impossible. By the way,
0: <laughs> it's more implausible to me than impossible, but. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Well, you're sharp, you know, but he completely yeah, but the beheads neck is, her.
1: The neck is the the most dense part of the body, and if even if you read up on on beheadings, it it if it's well, a very dirty, ugly process, and it can take several swings sometimes to get it right.
0: Yeah, yeah, but he was not swinging this thing. He's going to have to sit there and just saw
1: with uh, tiny little saw tiny strokes blade.
0: and. And it's not, I mean, you say it's dense there or whatever, you know, and it is, you know, beheadings can can go wrong and it can take another, you know, swing with the axe or whatever. But at the same time, this is also a robot. This is an LMD. It's meant to bleed. And so I don't know if that's going to make it better or worse when you're doing this, but I'm just watching this. And I didn't I just thought he was going to like cut wires. When he walks yeah. up with the scalpel, but then they, they show it. and It's the head. Completely. Yeah, yeah. Completely. So he was dedicated. And then he washed his hands really well because his hands weren't bloody afterward. But yeah. you know his hands had to have gotten bloody.
1: Well, it's Disney. And <laughs> it's on television. So... Because it's on ABC. So you really can't do that. It's Um, in the
0: 10 o'clock hour, though. They could have done it. They've done worse before. True. They've done worse.
1: But I'm just thinking about uh, back to, I think, the first Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows movie. Uh, There was, in order to get a PG-13 rating in the theaters, or there was a debate about whether or not they should. But there's a scene where Hermione has blood on her hands. And I forgot they had to, like digitally remove it. It might've been in the UK. I, I can't remember.
0: Well, here's, I,
1: I did do, do know that there was a controversy because she had blood on her hands and it was digitally removed before if, the film was released.
0: If blood is what would push something over into an R rating, they can take the blood and digitally turn it black. And that mm-hmm. actually can help get the, the R rating to come down to a PG 13. There are a number of uh, horror movies, slasher movies, that kind of thing where they were trying to get that PG 13 rating and that was one thing they could do was make the blood less realistic, make it black instead of red. And, yeah, it, it's weird. It's kind of yeah. dumb. But at the same time, red blood is more upsetting because it is more realistic. Black blood is is more, I mean, more cartoonish, honestly. But he beheaded her with a scalpel. That's all I'm saying. Uh, That's all well, I'm saying.
1: And another issue I have too—it doesn't matter. He would have to have gone through several scalpels because the blade would have gone dull, and uh.
0: maybe. maybe, or maybe he's just that good, and he sharpened it in between cutting. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> I just—it just cracked me up when I realized <laughs> he just they, they hit the head. It's 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 the head, yeah. the entire head. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So the trouble is Ada, and she, you know, this is the the the, the push and the pull, is that Fitz calls her Ophelia. She's she's real, and oh, Simmons yeah. is saying that it's Ada. It stands for um, uh,
1: artificial. Artificial
0: something something assistant or whatever um yeah and in my notes i am writing where are the others cuz that conversation goes on for a long time and i guess they may be maybe they were on the other side of the uh cuz they're all up in like this upper uh walkway that's kind of goes around the the molten lava pit um and so maybe they're on the other side of that but She's in this room with Fitz. Fitz pulls a gun on her. This is upsetting. Uh, It gets more and more upsetting as he gets closer and closer and he actually puts the gun on her head. The barrel Mm -hmm. is touching her head and he's saying, you need to say, you say, I mean nothing to you. And and he's telling her to say (laughs) this to him because he's saying she means nothing to him. And, And she's saying, I love you, you know, and. And then there's a gunshot and I'm wondering, did they do it? Did Fitz? Cause that would be the nail in the coffin for Fitz sanity is if he killed Simmons.
1: Yes, it would,
0: but it didn't happen. It turns out it was Radcliffe. Radcliffe took a gun from one of the guards that was guarding him. And this was his plan all along. His plan All along was get Fitz to this place and that was the only way Fitz was going to go to the other world is if Radcliffe brought him and Radcliffe redeemed in my eyes. He's still a jerk and selfish and not the kind of guy I'd want to hang out with, but yeah, he's he did it you know and and then he's he's pulling you know fits his body and saying don't blame yourself this is not my intention it was not your fault please don't blame yourself about what you did here in this world and simmons wakes up just as the the quinjet's being attacked and it's it's the last moment kind of thing um but she's she's alive um so that's that's good but daisy is still in with mac so anything – before we go on to Daisy and Mac with, with Act 5 here, anything more with uh, Fitz, Radcliffe, or, or Simmons?
1: Radcliffe did specify that uh, – I did pr- paraphrase it here. Um, the framework was not how he intended it. Uh, the dark hold corrupted his mind and he did definitely say it, it was all his fault right before he pushed Fitz into um, the yeah. back door.
0: Yeah. And, and that's so, – yeah, yeah,
1: he's, he's redeemed in my eyes too.
0: Yeah. I mean, just the fact that he's accepting the blame and then not only is he accepting the blame, he is trying so hard for Fitz to just not, not, not take responsibility.
1: Right. And he's trying to save Fitz.
0: Yeah. So we had questions about this friendship that these two guys had, and this kind of shows that, you you know, on Radcliffe's part. We already knew kind of Fitz on Fitz's part. He, he would kind of saw, saw Radcliffe as a friend. Radcliffe clearly is acting as a friend here, though. He, right. he is not just using Fitz. He is trying his hardest to help Fitz, not just get back, but to help Fitz get back and be able to function. <laughs> Cause he's real, he, he recognizes just like we do, Fitz did some pretty awful things. Fitz is about to yeah. realize that as well. <laughs> so,
1: Well, um, and this also reminds me of something from my own religion that uh, it's not really talked about much anymore. It used to back in the day. But we used to have something called um, um, a blood redemption, which meant that if you sacrificed your own life to save someone else's, you were completely redeemed and all of your sins were washed from you. Um, And that's sort of what he does here.
0: Well, I mean, that is absolutely in the religion of fiction as far as Mm -hmm. like if you take fictional um, tropes, really, um, we feel that cathartic uh, redemption. Like when you see a bad character, this is what it's it's supposed to be how you feel anyway. Like the movie wants you to feel this way when a bad character finally turns around and is like, I was a bad, bad boy. That's one thing. But then the bad character says, I was a bad, bad boy and I'm going to jump in front of the bullet. So the good guy lives. And yeah. in, in, in the, in that, it's definitely the way we feel is, is that sacrifice definitely makes you feel like, okay, that guy's okay. Now with Radcliffe, it's not some sort of end of the movie twist where all of a sudden the bad guy does something good. This is a Radcliffe character moment and they've been building up to this for him. And it does, it, it, it makes me look at him and say, you know what? Man, he's still a jerk. He's still selfish. Yeah. He's still yeah. self-centered. But at the same time, he's helping fits and he's helping fits not out of any kind of selfish ambition. He's helping fits because fits, he, he genuinely wants fits to be better and to be okay and to get out of this place. Yeah. Because so. he
1: likes, he likes real world fits and he did not like framework fits at all
0: no. now framework fits yeah. was a bad guy and yes and, and well killed uh agnes so yeah. i mean that's that's in some ways it's almost you got the, the the opposite forgiveness going on here where radcliffe is saying it's okay don't blame yourself for the death of the love of my life yeah um now here's the other thing though Radcliffe, not gone yet. I mean, the framework still exists. Radcliffe is still alive in the framework, just like Trip, just like Mac, just like Hope. Who knows what's going to happen to the framework? But as of right now, Radcliffe is he's still a piece in play for the storytellers. So what happens next, though, is Daisy and Mac
1: yeah
0: so daisy's trying to get mac to go and mac's question to daisy is uh you know because people are in danger there people love you there is hope in danger in our world hope is not alive in our world and there's we get a a kind of a double play here hope is not alive in our world and then um mac says i'm staying i don't want to live in a world without hope and so there's the double play on the hope's name and, and the meaning. Uh, yeah. so Daisy wakes up and Mac doesn't go. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Um, really interesting. But then I'm watching this and I'm trying to think to myself, what would I do? You know, I've got three daughters, um, and two sons. And obviously the father daughter relationship is a different kind of relationship, uh, I've had my daughters wonder why aren't there, you know, mo- mother daughter songs? You know, most songs that you get are like father daughter songs, and there's not a lot of mother son songs. There's not a lot of father son songs, but a lot of the, you know, your cheesy, treacly. Um, we're going to try and get you to cry because of this song. It, it's the relationship between a father and a, and a daughter. And so this whole situation here. It's definitely built up, you know, this this father who has this daughter that he lost and now he has her back. And I'm trying to decide, okay, what would it take for me to go through the 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 Stargate (laughs) to leave my children behind? And. I don't I don't know if there's anything. I mean, even if I was told and almost had physical proof that the world we're in is not real. I I don't think Mac, the character, made the wrong choice for his character. You, do you know what I mean? Like, the, the writers did the right thing with his character. This is what is a realistic and natural choice for this character to do in this situation.
1: Yeah, I understand as... But only in I would say a sympathetic perspective as opposed to an empathetic perspective because I don't have any children, so I don't feel that parental pull.
0: Well, but could you take it to like a the opposite parental pull, uh, pull where your mother, your father? I I don't know anything about your relationship uh, with sure. them, but um, I mean to leave them behind. And I had this argument with. uh, um, my, my buddy's on the other podcast that I do, Strangers and Aliens. We were talking about Close Encounters of the Third Kind and how Richard Dreyfus pushes his family away because he's so obsessed with being communicated to by aliens. And the aliens have shown him where they're going to come. And he, so he, you know, the first half of the movie is figuring out what this message means. The second half of the movie is him getting to the Devil's Point place in the park. You know, wherever that that one famous mountain that we have or famous hill, I guess. Um, And then he steps spoilers (laughs) for a 30 year old movie. (laughs) But then he steps into the spaceship and leaves our world behind. He goes with the aliens and the woman he's with doesn't because her son was taken by the aliens and gets brought back to her and she's going to stay on Earth. But he leaves behind his children and his wife. Now, his wife and him basically became estranged, but they became estranged because of the stuff he was doing. It wasn't like they were already separated or something like that. They had a pretty decent relationship until he started doing all this stuff. And my thing was, in real life, when I first saw the movie, I was an impressionable college-age student. And I was watching this and thinking to myself, you know what? this guy's found meaning in life, you know, and he's, he's going on this thing. And, and my buddies I was talking to, we were all fathers then when we were talking about this movie. And he's, he's like, what are you talking about? Ben? And he left his family behind. Like, don't you see that? And I'm just, Oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs>
1: right.
0: I'm missing out on some of the details here. That's not good. But um, the same thing here, like, she has to convince Mac to leave his daughter behind. Now Mac goes back to his daughter knowing it's not real, knowing the world is not real and knowing that she is not real, but he still goes because she's real to him. And when she's sad, he comforts her and he hugs her and he holds her and he feels her warmth and he just can't leave her behind. Now he doesn't know, he doesn't even know the, the sense of loss. He might have a, a inkling of it, but he doesn't even know the sense of loss from our world that yeah. he felt. And he's still saying, I, I, I can't do this. And yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting that you brought up um, uh, um, close encounters in that way, because in an interview af- years later, Uh, Steven Spielberg wrote and directed that movie before Mm -hmm. he became a parent. Yes. And this interview was obviously many years after because it was on the Close Encounters DVD. He said that he would not be able to write that character as a parent if he did it now because he could not himself imagine leaving his own children.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I I came into the movie that – in that conversation with my friends – Years later, I, I came into it with just that same impression that I had had as a you know someone in college, and in college it made sense to me. It was almost a spiritual uh, moment where I'm watching and I'm seeing this guy who, you know, he's he's accepting the call into this uh, grand adventure, and and this, this this he's the person who's going to discover you know, all these things. And, and then my, my friends are just, dude, <laughs> 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 he left his kids. And he, yeah. And you don't even see his kids in the second half of the movie. Cause they're just gone. Like they left him. They in the yeah. station wagon, they packed it up. They took off because he was making mud mountains in his train set. But anyway, it's still a great movie. Yeah. I still love the movie. Don't get me wrong, but I definitely read it differently when I watch it now. So, yeah. From here, let's see. Daisy wakes up. Mac does not go. And there's no way he can go now because Quake is not there to use her powers to uncover the Stargate. Yeah. And so you have the moment with Yo-Yo. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that was that was sad. And from there, uh. Let's talk about Mac and Trip first, because we've already we've been talking about Mac here. Mac goes back to Trip and he explains it to Hope. And I love the explanation. You know, in The Wizard of Oz?
1: <laughs> mm, yes.
0: When Dorothy leaves Oz and goes back to Kansas. They went back to Kansas. And we're gonna stay here in Oz. And did he do the right thing? No. <laughs> but it was the right thing to do because, yeah, it, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting uh, conundrum that they created there. Fortunately, yeah. it's not a real world conundrum, and that's for me the close encounters thing that's never going to happen, you know. And <laughs> when I when I did did after having kids, have opportunities to like move on to new and exciting things, it was with my family, you know. It wasn't like. Oh, I'm gonna go with the aliens. No, no, my family's coming with me with the aliens, you know. <laughs> and and here it's it's again it's it, but it's it's a conundrum that we're never gonna have to face this exact kind of thing. But it's it was touching and it it worked it worked nicely. Yeah. And trips pretty awesome. Yeah. I I'm I wondering we basically last episode we said goodbye to Ward I think. Because Ward was not in this episode. And I, yeah. think, I think in this episode we're saying goodbye to Trip again. But are we saying oh. goodbye to Mac? I don't know. I, don't, I know. don't know either. We'll find out. So last chance. Mac. Anything more to say about him? Hope.
1: <sighs> I hope we could find a happy middle ground for him. Where he does not have to lose hope.
0: I love your idea. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about um, Trip LMD and how cool that would be. But Hope LMD, that's a whole other thing.
1: Yeah, because she's smart. Like unusually high IQ smart. So That would be interesting.
0: Yeah. You're onto something there. I hope the writers go in that direction or at least address it. I mean, there then there's some interesting things to deal with with the character anyway. Now she's in the real world. They both know she's not his real daughter, but she has been his quote real daughter in the fake world for so (laughs) long. It doesn't matter. They had that relationship and they've had all those experiences and memories together. And there's some interesting things they could do you know, and dealing with the whole artificial life forms and all that kind of stuff that science fiction deals with. But there's some interesting things they could do. Speaking of artificial life forms, then that brings us back to to ADA in the room. We see the, the headless body, but, uh, ADA walks around the corner as Fitz is trying to piece all these things together. And he sees her and says, Ophelia, goes to her and May Coulson they're going to shoot her because she's a life now she's not a robot anymore she can bleed she can die or can she because they embrace and they disappear
1: yeah should we call that a blink or a bamf I want to kind of call it a bamf because (laughs) it's supposed to be like Nightcrawler and I believe when he would do his thing it was called a bamf
0: yeah, because of the the sound effect. The the one yeah. along with it. But yeah. I I don't care what we call it. I'm confused. Where does this power come from? Is this a dark old thing?
1: I don't know. Probably?
0: <laughs> I don't know either. And
1: though with this I want to call her Ophelia for a reason. Ada, the first the A the first A in Ada means artificial. This well, this being that we have here is not artificial. She's organic.
0: Uh, so, she's I organic, kinda, but she's artificial. She's artificial organic.
1: Yeah, but I kind of want to give her a different name because she's not quite the Ada LMD that we knew before. She's a little bit different, a little bit more advanced.
0: Well, I mean, there's precedence for changing names. I mean, Sky, Daisy, uh, Quake. Um, Yeah. What was her name? Oh, was it Mary?
1: Mary Margaret something.
0: Something. Yeah. But. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with the whole name thing. But for me, I'm calling her Ada mainly because she was Ada at the beginning. She's grown since then but it's always been that version of her that's growing. And so even as it's hopping from body to framework to body to you know this body here, it is that same original being entity that we saw at the end of season 3 when oh with that yeah. that tag scene. And so that's why I'm sticking with Ada cuz that's just the, the name that was given to her. And I like the name too. I think it's 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 a clever name. <laughs> the uh the acronym sounds like someone just wanted to spell Ada, but um Yeah. But it, I like that Ada has AI in it, artificial intelligence.
1: Yeah. Well, when they called her Ada, it, at, at first I thought it was a reference to Ada Lovelace, who was a um, um I think it was an 18th century mathematician.
0: I would not be surprised at all if that's one of the the reasons why they use that name.
1: Yeah, I just I know that a lot of what she, Ada Lovelace did um, had a great influence in computer programming. Not, I, I could probably somebody could correct me, but I'm not sure. But I, I know that's that she had a huge influence on computer programming. That's how I know her name. Um, oh, did you notice that when Ada... When the I, I, um, I was com- in my notes, I compared the the machine to a 3D printer Yeah. when she was done printing <laughs> um, and she takes that big, huge gasp of breath. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that there is a, co- uh, a change in color tone?
0: Yes. To her face. Yes. And eyes even a little bit. Yes. Um, Because it looked a little bit unnatural as it sp- came a- as a camera came around her head to her face and it was just frozen. Uh I was trying to figure out is that actually her or is that some sort of CGI kind of thing but yeah it definitely there was definitely a change in color to the skin tone and I think even to the eyes and then she smiles you know it's yeah and
1: yeah and there's been references um, at least with the color tone, there's been references to The Wizard of Oz because in the real world, you'd have one color tone. In the mm-hmm. framework, you'd have another. And with the skin to- her skin tone changing tones, um, that's like Dorothy going back to Kansas almost. Or, or maybe in, in Ada's frame of mind, maybe she's left Kansas and gone to Oz.
0: Yeah. The other thing, though, is it could be, it's just an the blood started circulating.
1: Yeah. Which is, which is natural,
0: you know? And, and so there was none. And and then all of a sudden there is, and it, um, yeah, but it was, it was a neat effect.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But that was our, I, I mentioned the other ticking time bomb and, and that was, this was, was they were racing against time because she was going to activate the machine and they knew that she was going to, and they didn't know how long they had with that. But we were instead of the the um L C D numbers counting down, it was the, the 3D printer, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the the 3D organic printer.
1: The dark cold 3D organic printer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it was it was a decent effect when it was being when when the printing was happening, but the effect with her face was slightly unsettling slightly unnerving a little bit of uncanny valley until she started breathing yeah and I liked it I think there's a lot of stuff they did well in this episode a lot of stuff and and in this pod too we've we've said it before but in this whole pod it's, there's been interesting things going on and really cool. except
1: for that line about the uh, it was last episode that one line <laughs> Which one? Oh, the one about the uh, the Prohibition Tunnel.
0: (laughs) Well, but you kind of fixed that one, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Well, it's just that the line (laughs) was poorly written, and instead of saying "Hey, I know of this tunnel," they should have written "Hey, Mace picked this building
0: because of this tunnel." Yeah.
1: One little change, one line—that's all they had to do, and it was mm. just—and
0: it goes from natural exposition to, um, well, unnatural. exposition <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. Any, anything else to cover before we move on to our, our next segment and talk about some um, um, messages feedback error, did it check. that's it okay all right well let's move on and, and uh, talk about some feedback shield field report Okay, like I said, we had three messages from some listeners, and the first message is from Agent Ascender, which I think is a pretty cool name. But uh, the subject is thoughts for Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 20, Farewell, Cruel World. And Agent Ascender uh, writes, Hello, agents. This is Agent Ascender. I have a few thoughts about the upcoming episode, Farewell, Cruel World, that I want to put out there before it airs. Okay, so this is all prediction stuff. This is me kind of jumping in, but this is all prediction stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and read it because there's some really interesting stuff in here, even though we now know what's going to happen or what happened in this episode anyway. So continuing Agent Ascendant uh, Agent Ascenders uh, message. There are a couple of movie references I think will be addressed in regards to Project Looking Looking Glass. Obviously, there are already Matrix comparisons, but I think there could be aspects of Avatar and or Tron. Legacy. Ophelia could be referring to something like Avatar, where her consciousness in transfer transferred into Ada or another LMD. We could end up getting Ward and Trip back via Tron Legacy, where a digital creation goes through a portal and becomes a flesh and blood person. Um real quick, uh as far as Project Looking Glass and Matrix, Matrix goes ahead and references Alice in Wonderland a ton. And I uh, wrote a comic book series about Alice and Wonderland and and Dorothy from Oz and their teenage or not teenage. They're, they're young women in college together. And I had them watching the matrix and I realized I couldn't have them watch the matrix because (laughs) the matrix wouldn't exist as it is, you know, because the uh, Alice in Wonderland books don't exist in the world of those characters because Alice and and all that stuff was real, not a book by Lewis Carroll. So just just throwing that in there. Um, <laughs> so uh back to Agent Ascender prediction. I think Ophelia will find a way for her and framework fits to get out Avatar and or Tron legacy style and into the real world. Daisy and Gemma wake up in the real world and try to get Coulson, Mac, and May to wake up, but their physical bodies will be in danger, so those three will have to come back Tron legacy style. Mac refuses to leave Hope and lives on in the framework. Now, this means that Mace and Mac aren't with us, so Ward and Trip will have to come back to help the team. It also means that we will have the framework versions of Cole and May, Coulson and May in the real world. With all these changes, who does that leave as director of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Daisy. We'll have Director Daisy, Gemma, Ward, Trip, Framework May, Framework Colson, Yo-Yo, and Original May's tactical team to fight Ophelia, Framework Fits, the Superior, and whatever LMDs are around. The framework will need to be used again when S.H.I.E.L.D. is able to recapture Framework Fits, put him back into the framework, and reprogram to be Original Fits or something close. Keep up the excellent podcast. I look forward to it every week, almost as much as I do. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent Ascender out. And, like I said, I'm reading this, even though there's predictions that we know now aren't true. But I can vouch for the time that this came. this email came into our inbox on Monday on Monday, Agent ascender was predicting that Mac would refuse to leave hope and live in the framework
1: so mm-hmm. yeah, but he wasn't entirely I mean all the frameworks versions of these yeah. people um take that out and. He's not entirely wrong. He does yeah, he did definitely pick up that
0: um well, f- Mac was going to stay behind. Framework Fits isn't a separate entity. It's Fits and we thought that maybe Ada was trying to get Framework Fits to come back with her. I remember us talking about that. Fitz is back. He has the memories of her, but he also has the memories of him being bad and he's got a lot of confusion going on in his head right now and a lot of um he's messed up (laughs) he is messed up (laughs) so it's not original fits it's fits who has been in a horrible horrible blender for his brain
1: (laughs) yeah all
0: right next we have a message from agent dallas
1: okay uh just a couple of add-ins from previous podcast episodes. One, because Coulson never joined SHIELD, the Avengers would would have never been brought together and because of that Hydra because of that Hydra would have beat SHIELD using the insight program killing off a lot of the heroes we know now. Two, you all keep saying 087 and 084. Oops. <laughs> Three, the conversation between Daisy and Radcliffe happened because there is a small vent where they were sitting. They showed it really quick while Radcliffe was getting beat up. Small fix, but it's better than thinking the walls are that thin. Four, the conversation that you had, you all had about... Not liking Daisy being able to understand Ward and her world because of the Ward and the framework, will you have the same thought if Fitz is ultimately affected by what happens in the framework in the real world? I was okay with this happening because this could have been our Ward if it wasn't for a series of events that happened. Just want to get your thoughts on this. On this pod of of the season so far, it's been amazing. I like what they are doing this season and hope it continues. Can't wait to see how the season ends. Keep up the great work. Agent
0: Dallas. All right. So number 1, that is really a good point <laughs> that mm-hmm. um honestly, uh the Chitari could have won the Battle of New York. Could have. Um but definitely the insight program would have allowed a lot of people to be killed. If Hydra had control of the insight program, that's yeah, that's a really good point. Number two, oops, <laughs> like you <laughs> said. Number three, if it's there and I don't remember it, but I'm I'm not gonna doubt that that you saw it. So I'm I'm saying if it's there, then that definitely does make sense. So I am willing to accept that rather than the walls are thin. In fact, even if they don't show a vent there, you know what? I'm I'm in my mind there's a vent there right now. Because that that makes sense. As for number four, it's different. Um, Fitz is ultimately going to be affected. We already know he's affected, but we also knew that there was no way he wouldn't be affected and that that would be a a character thing for him. Uh, We still don't know the extent of it, but the ward in the framework is not our ward. He is a made up character. Based on things that Ada knew about Ward. And so right. to me, Daisy saying, I understand our Ward better because I've been spending time with you. It doesn't ring true to me because she's talking to a, she's talking to Ada's fictional version of Ward that Ada created to be a part of Daisy's storyline. In the framework. And so that's why I'm not okay with it. However, I totally understand people who are okay with it because it is, again, that it's that goodbye. We didn't get to say goodbye to Ward because when Ward died twice, we didn't like him. (laughs) There wasn't a goodbye. And Daisy didn't get a chance to process her feelings. And so for me, I can understand why people would why that moment would resound with people because this is Daisy's resolution to the ward situation. Just, it's just for me, it doesn't ring true, but
1: yeah, I I agree that um, it's not the same ward. It's an, it's an interpretation.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I, my, my thoughts are on this and that's what Samantha's thoughts there are on this, but Mm -hmm. Um, Fitz definitely is affected by what happened in the framework and that's trouble. (laughs) Yeah. But even saying that Fitz is affected by that, but he's affected by things that happened and things that he did that honestly, he didn't really do. And that, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, they'll have some fun dealing with those situations. All right, well, finally, we have a message from Agent Jason from California. Subject line, there's no predicting this season. <laughs> the message is this has been a fantastic season. N- yet now Ada has inhuman powers. Does she have one power or all the powers of every inhuman she experimented on in the framework? My biggest question is if Radcliffe gave up on immortality or if the show will go on a resurrection spree this, summer, this season. I'm hoping they don't break the show by making characters too powerful. And I will say my prediction, there will not be a resurrection spree, but we might see one or two characters resurrect, but they aren't going to be the same people unless it's Radcliffe. Radcliffe would be the same Radcliffe in a different body. The other ones would be a familiar character in a familiar body, but not quite the same about the powers. Like I asked, uh, you know, Samantha and I talked about it already a little bit, but I don't think it's in human powers. I think it's dark old powers and we're going to have an LMD artificial life form that has dark powers in the next couple episodes. Ooh,
1: I just realized that BAMP thing we saw. Mm-hmm. What if she had utilized some sort of like black, like black hole technology or black hole physics so basically, she created a black hole for herself, and moved herself elsewhere, or a wormhole,
0: yeah, or yeah, something like that. Well, that's yeah. not that's not outside the realm of possibility because we've seen that happen with with the uh, um, oh, I can't remember what they called it, but we've we've seen that kind of thing happen with portals opening and and, and that and yeah, I think that there's a portal involved, but I, I I'm just excited to see what actually happens with it. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
1: So basically, she's mastered the science of the Asgardians.
0: Yes, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Or. Uh, yeah, it's just there's it's got to be something to do with Darkhold. That's yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's everything then. Uh, if you would like to send us a message, we'd appreciate it. You can send it a feedback to welcome to level seven feedback at welcome to level seven dot com. And you can also um, go to our website, click on the feedback tab there. You can get our phone number. You can find all sorts of there's there's multiple ways you can send us messages. And we'd love to hear from you, especially as we're getting toward the end of the season. Beyond that, Samantha, um, you know, it's time to say goodbye.
1: Well, I I just want to thank everybody for listening and we really appreciate it. Um, And send us feedback if you can.
0: And I just want to say, I live in Amish country. I don't know if you knew that or not, but, uh, I do. And I was at the store the other day and I was looking and I saw these, uh, all these, uh, body products, you know, and as I was looking through all of these products that they, you know, they hand make these things. And so I looked and I saw body cleaner. (laughs) This setup is getting worse and worse as we go. But you know where I'm going with this, right? Because I looked at this and I said to myself, wow, that must be crafted soap. And then I said to myself, did you say crafted soap? MX. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, so that was not good. That was so bad. <laughs> that was we've had worse. We have um yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, that's what we're sticking with. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, anything cool to talk about for post-credit <laughs> other than how bad my my line was? Can't Do you wait- want me
1: to tell you my uh, aikido story from this weekend? Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, with aikido, with a lot of martial arts, you have um, to test out what you've learned. You go to tournaments. Well, with Aikido, there's a lot of Buddhist influence on it, so we don't do that. But what we do is our friendship seminars where we get a whole bunch of people together and uh, we have different people teach. And we all try out the different um, techniques with one another. Uh, Usually in class, um, I'm trying out these techniques with a, a white belt because there's only one black belt in the class. Um, but at the seminar, it, I was working almost exclusively with all of the black belts. Um, and uh, I had this one guy who, going through the technique, we were going very slowly and gently through the technique because I'm still relatively new. But he kept doing these, making these sounds. And it, it makes sense um, on, the, on the mat or in the dojo to do it um, because it really helps you think about your breathing. But he was doing more than just he was doing like swooshing sounds. Like, and when he fell to the floor, he went, uh, and
0: <laughs> so he's doing like the sound effects yeah, for an imaginary yeah, battle. Is that what?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was. And so I turned to him at one point and I said, so if we were doing a technique with a sword, would you make light- lightsaber sounds? And he looks at me and goes, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's my Aikido story.
0: (laughs) And hopefully that's a palate cleanser for my, (laughs) did you say, crafted soap? Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks, Samantha. Talk to you later.
1: Thank you. Bye.